Hello, and welcome to Two Stories, an audio odyssey marching ceaselessly towards its final destination, some nuptials. We're going to a wedding, and much like our complex and nuanced narratives, we will finish somewhere different to where we began. This week, we're on a train, if it ever turns up. <laughs> that is lovely stuff. Very pithy. If it ever turns up. What are you doing? Why are you writing that down? For my speech. You're not doing a speech. You were barely invited. You hardly know them. Oh, I know them, all right. I've got some stories in here. Don't you worry about it. When are you even going to do it? There's not a slot for a sweaty, distant friend who overheard my invite and awkwardly weaseled his way into the reception. Ah, but I'm not just going to the reception, am I? Because you insisted on us... Travelling together. together. Correct. For your safety and mine. Plus, the attractions in Bath, according to TripAdvisor, don't seem to pass muster. Just a sec, let me scratch that down. Sweating. You are spouting some gold today. Stop taking notes. You're not doing a speech. Sure I am. When? Tell me exactly how this plays out. Well, um, we sit like a school assembly and then there's the bit at the front. The fellas stood there and the wife rocks up a bit late. Then um, there's the awkward, anyone here know if these two are cousins bit? And there's a bit of awkward laughter. She says yes, and then he says yes, fingers crossed. We all cheer. There's a change of location. We lob some crumbs at them. Then they bring out some snacks. Then I think that's when the wife gets gunged in a little pond and the vicar pours some cuppers. Uh, is there a cow or a wizard or, or something? Then there's speeches. Classics first, boy, dad, girl, dad, probably the vicar again. Maybe a celeb appearance. Then they throw it out to the audience. That's where I come in. Open mic speeches. Any other business, you know? Have you ever been to a wedding? I've seen plenty of rom-coms. And I was an usher in that bit of school where they force a couple of 12-year-olds into a union they barely understand. We haven't got time for this. That's our train over there. This is us, B26 and 27. These ones here? Yeah, 26 and 27. Matt, there's a, there's a woman in our booth. It's not a booth, it's a table seat. So it, it's alright? Yeah, that's probably a seat. Why are you being so weird about this? If you say so. Good day, young lady. Just put your stuff up there and sit down. Move your long bag, it's an accident waiting to happen, that thing. Right, let's just settle in and not have any dramas, okay? Oh, what have we got here? A few cheeky train beers? I do get a bit anxious on the train, all right? And I knew you'd be doing my heading, so I thought a couple of stiff ones would calm me down. What, missus? <laughs> we got a live one here. I'm writing that down. Yes, very good. Stiff ones. Absolutely top draw stuff. Pleased to meet you. I'm Jack, and this is my anxious friend, Matt. Here, have a fuzzy. I've only got six. Thank you very much, dear. It's so nice to travel with such handsome young gentlemen. Oh, you flirt. I'll drink to that. Oh, I'm forgetting myself. My name is Mabel. It is a pleasure to meet you. Beautiful name. Greek, I believe. The pleasure is all mine. And where are you travelling to today? None of your business, pervert! (laughs) (laughs) Only joke. No, you are clearly a wonderful judge of character. Perhaps you're heading to a, a Miss Universe competition, no? Or you could be doing a new Colgate advert with the set of white dominoes between your lips. Uh, no. I'm off to a wedding. My great-nephew is getting married, Marv. Stop it. We're going to a wedding in Bath too. This is unbelievable. Well, it's a Saturday in summer, you blouse. It's not like you've met your doppelganger, dear. Yeah, I suppose you're right. What's your great-nephew's name? 
Cedric Canoe. <gasps> Is that his name? We don't know his name. Well, I've got a picture of him here, I think. Uh, let's have a look, see. Yes, yes, here he is. He's one at the top of the ladder, dressed as bulbs or... Oh, very nice. I don't actually think we've met him, though. What's the name of his fiancée? Um, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. It's completely slipped my mind. She's, she's a tiny little blonde thing. Is she blonde? Is she blonde? She's got majestic golden locks that fall like a waterfall of sun rays from her crown. Yes, she's blonde. You think you're doing a speech? And you don't even know either of them. All right, chill out. I don't see the colour of people's hair, Matthew. Just the content of their character. And right now, your character looks like a dropped trifle. Oh, you're doing a speech? Yes, I've got it right here. Quite some stories to tell. Things I've seen. Oh, can I hear a sneak preview? Uh, I'm a great fan of the world lights. Oh, uh, missus. What? That's disgusting, you vile... Pig, how dare you? I'm trying to travel to my nephew's wedding. Oh, tickets from York, please. Tickets from York. Is everything okay here? This pervert was just making lewd remarks about me. The man's a bore. I'm going to have to ask sorry, you Sorry, no, it's a uh, misunderstanding. I- I'm sorry, I was just copying your joke from earlier. I meant no offence. It's okay. Don't worry. I accept your apology. Well, okay. But just let me know if he causes you any more problems, madam. I'm sick to the back teeth of pipsqueaks thinking they own this train. I'm the sheriff here. Uh, No. Tickets, please. Uh, Are there? uh, There is somewhere. Just hang on, hang on. Um, Where are they? Uh, I had them just this... uh... No ticket as well? Well, we've got a place on board for turds like you. Here they are. Ow, my nail. He's took the tip off. I don't want to hear any more from you two, all right? I don't want to have to eject you. I put my shoulder out last night wrestling with the wife's new fancy piece. All tickets from York, please. That really hurt. Fingernails don't have feelings, Matt. You're just embarrassed. I'm really sorry, Babel. I didn't mean to offend you. I really didn't. <laughs> you should have seen your face. Turns like you... <laughs> You were joking? That is brilliant. I'm writing that down. I get this train quite often, and I've seen a conductor before. He's as mad as a wet cat. I once saw him kick a whole school off in train, because someone drew a pecker in the window compensation. You knew he'd react like that? That's so cruel. I underestimated you, Miss Mabel. And the best part is... I drew the pecker. <laughs> Quite the evil genius. Well, you've got to stay entertained somehow. Well, speaking of entertainment, I think it's time for a story. Shall I do mine? Oh yeah, it's a good one. I tell you, Mabel, you can't take a joke, but you can tell a story. I'm all yours. The new role commanded respect and Gary Lungfish was going to make sure that his outfit reflected just that. The interview was on Microsoft Teams, and the lady in the middle of the panel told him that the job would involve innovative thinking and collaboration with the best in the industry. She said something like, You'll need to work in London, Gary. It's where the big fish swim. It won't be like Sheffield at all. 
you're going to need a bike that folds and a tolerance for living statues. Gary nodded and accepted the job at Argos, director of UK and Ireland catalogue lamination. On a brisk Friday morning, he boarded the 8.30 train to King's Cross. The ATM was cancelled and now this service was chocker, full to the brim. As the train snaked its way out of Sheffield Station, the conductor appeared, a towering woman that looked as if she could deliver a nasty haymaker. She punched his ticket and spat at the sight of his destination. Morning, Gary, love. Oh, not a day return, I see. Staying in the capital, are we? Just another northern lad dazzled by the conveyor belt at Yosushi. Or perhaps it was that fucking shard building that got your heart pumping. The shard? Whatever. Or was it that daft wax house? Do you mean two swords? Whatever. Gary pretended to chuckle, aware that Karen had broadened her stance, as if ready to unleash a mean hook on him. No, actually, it's my brother's 40th birthday tomorrow. He lives in London. She spat again. That word. London. Fair enough. We all make sacrifices for family. I apologise for the hostility. I'm just tired of the capital's grip. You only have to look at the buffet cart. At first, it was all Bakewell tarts and Yorkshire tea. And now it's eaten mess and prosecco. She left Gary in peace, leaving behind only a puddle of spit in the aisle. He thought ahead to the party the next day. Typical that his dad was bringing his new girlfriend, sealing the show once again. Still, it would be nice to see his brother. Gary was uncomfortable. The fella next to him was a spreader who stunk of onion. His table was swamped with crap, including a ticket that told Gary that this chap was meant to be on the cancelled ATM train. Over the years, Gary had become an expert in the art of nosing. This fella had a massive phone, and Gary's eyes shifted. He absorbed the information from his screen, making sudden inferences. Moonpig app, lazy. Just eat but no delivery, poor. Meditation app, dirty hippie. He studied the wallpaper behind those apps. A picture of a pretty blonde woman with an arm around this very chap and a vape behind her ear. He pulled up a messaging app. Made the train. Enjoy your day at the dogs tomorrow. Left you a pack of pickled onion crisps and a can of Monster in the bathroom. Maggie messaged back almost instantly. You little beauty. See you Sunday, lover baby. Gary had seen enough and fancied a need to mess from the buffet cart. The journey was perilous. Half a suitcase in the aisle, a sloppy elbow hanging from the rest, and bloody children racing about. And then the worst of folk. Gary hit the brakes as he was cut up by a woman entering the aisle without checking the traffic. Don't mind me. Oh, get over yourself. Who do you think you are? Gary paused for a moment. I'm the man who laminates all of Argos catalogues. Not some, all. And I can't protect the images of desk stationery from drool and dirty fingers on an empty stomach. Now shift. She turned to face him. Oh, fuck off and get a grip. Gary didn't respond. She was familiar somehow, and this had caught him off guard. Leaning against the buffet cart, Gary racked his brains. He'd seen that face before, but he couldn't place her. That was it. It was the woman from the spreader's phone. Maggie. He glanced down the aisle. Definitely her. Laughing and leaning against someone. Then a kiss. The adjacent seat meant that Gary couldn't quite make out the figure next to her. But she was definitely a dirty cheater. And Gary would capture her like Ash Ketchum. Enraged by her poor aisle etiquette, Gary stormed back to his seat. Your girlfriend Maggie is over there, just before the buffet car, and she's kissing some other bloke. And she's not at the dogs at all. The chunky stranger pounced from his seat 
and pause for a moment. But, but, but that, that, that doesn't make sense. She's meant to be at the, at the dogs. Storming through the carriage, he arrived at Maggie's side. Gary sniggered and watched the commotion unfold, flailing arms and tempers tangled. He only made out part of the conversation. I thought you were on the eight o'clock, wailed Maggie. Fucking cancelled, he replied. As the furore reached a climax, Maggie's devious cheating partner stood. For the second time, Gary sensed that this stranger was familiar. It was the way he stood and gestured. Gary's stomach began to plummet towards his arse. Leaving his seat to investigate, he approached the scene. Now the three became a four, and for a moment, a squabbling paused. Maggie's partner wasn't a stranger. Dad? Hi, son. A lot to unpack in an aisle. Gentlemen, uh, the driver has just informed me that we are going to have to stop here for a short while uh, as we have been going the wrong way for the last 45 minutes. And we are now in the train equivalent of a cul-de-sac just outside of Ashby de la Zouche. Unfortunately, as this is a train, the driver informs me we cannot just bang out a three-pointer and head back. We have to wait for signals or something like that. Anyway, I'm happy to let everyone off here if you want to chance it in De La Zouche. Also, I've just been informed that the buffet car is on its last few microwavable pasties, so everyone crazy for a pastry needs to rush to Carrot Dean now. Thank you for your patience, and we hope to be moving again soon. Typical. I'm going for a wander. Check out this buffet car. Does anyone want anything? A couple more tinnies, Mabel. I won't be long. So, Matthew, is it? Oh, you're not still annoyed about the little prank with the conductor, are you? Well, yes, I am, actually. It's a stressful enough day for me. I don't need another person taking the piss. Stressful? Come on, you're going to a wedding. It's a celebration. It's a bit more complicated than that, actually. Back in university, me and the bride used to be close. Like, really close. And in the years since, we've just drifted apart. So I thought this would be a good opportunity to, you know, reconnect. And I could tell Emma... Emma! That's the little bastard! Emma! Emma Plank! I knew I knew her name! Yeah, Emma Plank. Two by four, we used to call her. That's why I got this. Some wood? It's a two by four. I went on a pyrography course and learnt how to burn text into wood. I wrote this poem and scorched it into the plank as a wedding present. Sheesh, you need to calm down a bit, dear. That's a bit too keen for a wedding present. What do you mean? It's very thoughtful. Right, dear. You're clearly in love with Miss Plank. Or should I say, the future Mrs. Canoe? <laughs> no, I'm not. We're just good friends. I never even kept her used cups from uni. Matthew, dear. You can't be turning up to people's weddings with presents that you've gone on a course to make and that you've covered in gash poetry. It's not gash. I can see from here you've run forehead with shortbread. Why either of those words are present is beyond me. We did a catering course. Listen, dear, you need to relax. Forget about any idea of reconnection and just enjoy a lovely day. Now let's crack open another fuzzy and try and make the conductor cry, shall we? 
Alright. Cheers. <laughs> oh my god, you won't believe what's up there. Why are you so sweaty? It's the suit. It's a four-piece. Where have you been? You look like Greg Wallace when he was on Celebrity Saunas. I was just wandering up there to see if the driver would let me in the front bit, and I ended up in first class. They let me in because of the suit, but then I soon got kicked out. I saw what was in there. Oh, I saw. What was it? What was in there? There was a light-up dance floor, robot butlers, there was a smoking area, and a wine cellar somehow. Then there was this bit, deep inside first class. There were those plastic dangly doors, like in a butcher's. And just as I started to push my way through, I was grappled to the ground by the conductor. I threw him off and ran back here. I don't know if he saw it was me. It was pretty dark and smoky in there. Well, I've caught you, you little shit. Excuse me? I saw you snivelling around the first class like a great sweaty peeping prick. I don't know what you're talking about. And sweaty has come up far too many times today. It was me that grappled you, swung you over my shoulder like a ticket-punching Santa. But I'm not bringing presents, I'm bringing justice. Excuse me, young man, but the sweaty besuited gentleman you are threatening has been sat there the whole time. Ah, uh, well... Are you certain, madam? I am. Are you suggesting that Vision Express don't know their astigmatism from their lazy eyes? Now please leave us be. Certainly. I've got my eye on you, boy. I've got to disperse these glow sticks around the carriages. The driver said we can now move off, but some of the power needs to be diverted from the standard class to the to light up the, the light support. Diverted to the life support, but the good news is we'll be moving in a few minutes. Whatever, ever hear a peep out of you two again, you'll be in the brig. Phew. Thanks for that, Mabel. I think I was close to getting suplexed into Ashby de la Zouche, then. Don't mention it, old bean. Now point me in the way of the plumbing. I need to spare a penny. Just down there, one carriage over on the left. Right then, you old rotter. I think it's time for your story now we've got some peace. You seem to have perked up a bit. What's got into you? I just had a nice chat with Mabel while you were gone, and I feel much more at ease, you know. Was it about how you're madly in love with Emma and that you made her that mental engraved love baton? It's a poem plank. She's going to love it. Just fucking read your story. I never cried. I've never been to Nando's. I've never held my breath. I've never used a zebra crossing. I've never owned a toilet brush. I've never hugged anyone taller than me. I've never been too cold. I've never bought a scone. Never spoken to an animal. Never worn a badge. Never finished a biro or a chapstick. I've never raised the roof. Never eaten cheesecake. Never sat in a window seat. Never been in love before. Never queued for a toilet. Never been ID'd. Never slept past 10.20. Never recycled plastics. 
never shredded personal documents. Never regretted a tattoo. Never had a tattoo. Never filled up my tank. Never been below sea level. I've never seen a bird inside the house. Never said, keep the change. I've never reheated rice. I've never been kissed at a train station. Never eaten wasabi. Never downloaded an app. Never been stung by a wasp. Never had more than three sugars. Never been able to draw a bike. Never preheated an oven. I've never imagined a troll. Never been on the dark web. Never been so excited to see someone. I've never licked my fingers. I've never used Junction 36. Never used a B-Day. I've never dry cleaned. I've never waited for someone at a train station. I've never blown out all my candles in one go. I've never been satisfied with my energy supplier. I've never topped up the salt in my dishwasher. I've never skinny dipped. Never used a train toilet. I've never understood water balloons. I've never bought lamb. Never been to a Turkish prison. Never got a cat to come near me. I've never been this nervous. I've never reverse parked. Never returned clothes. I've never read the foreword. I've never believed wrestling. Never cared so much what someone thought. I've never seen a cat make a sandcastle. Never gotten pictures developed. Never opened an internet cafe. Never been in a mascot's costume. Never pressed a fire alarm. Never looked at an arrivals board before. Never felt quite like this. I've never asked someone to marry me.
There they are, the sweaty one and his nervous mate. I saw them graffitiing. There were scratchings and handing symbols into the seed cushions. What? No, we weren't. You're coming with me, boys. Ah, can get off. Get off. Ah. Bastard. So here we are, tied up in a public toilet again. Feels almost inevitable at this point, doesn't it? Door opening. Sorry, occupied. <sighs> Door closing. Door not locked. I was just starting to relax and enjoy myself too. I know, you were really coming out of your shell. So what do we do now? Just wait here until the conductor unties us, I guess. Door opening. Sorry, occupied. Oh, I don't need to make my ablutions, dear. I just came to take my leave and wish you well on your onward journey. Mabel, what are you talking about? We're going to the same place. Oh, you're not a shop when I is sweaty. I can't be having you ruining my great-nephew's wedding. Two idiots, one of which is in love with the bride, rocking up with a mad baton. No, no, no. You two are staying on till the end of the line. Door closing. Dramatically. Mabel, wait. Mabel! We are now approaching bar. All passengers from bar, please alight here, except for the two pricks in the bathroom. You will be staying with me. Bath station is our next stop. Looks like we're stuck here then. She had your mad plank with her. Yeah, I saw. She took it. Looks like it. What was all that about? I thought it was a nice idea. You know, Emma, Plank. Yeah, I get it. In hindsight, it's a bit out there, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Do you know where this train goes? Truro, I think. Oh, that's a fair way, isn't it? It's a good few hours, yeah. Yeah. So, what shall we do now? Mm, suppose you could give us a blast of your speech. Oh, I thought you'd never ask. Hear ye, hear ye. Ladles and jelly spoons. I know what you're thinking. Two Stories is written and produced by Matthew Oxley and Jack Barton. Performed this week by Matt and Jack as themselves, Carlotta Morelli as Mabel, and Stephen Barton as the conductor. 